This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, good afternoon and welcome to Enterprise BizBytes. I'm Roshan Kanesan. Future Sound Asia has announced a refund mechanism for ticket holders after the cancellation of the 2023 Good Vibes Festival last month. The FSA told ticket holders that it would be appreciated if they could spare or defer any amount of the refund, saying that this would help save the uh, Good Vibes Festival. I think the important thing to note here is that this is a voluntary system. However, there has been some backlash to this request with some wondering why they should need to fork out their own cash to help save GVF. To explore this today, we have Juan Alman, Director of Entertainment at Future Sound Asia. Among other things, we'll dive into the economic impact of event cancellations, crisis management in the industry, and whether Good Vibes still has a future. If you have any thoughts on this, let us know on our U-Mobile WhatsApp number. That's 018-789-8899. Until then, Alman, welcome to the show. It's been a busy few weeks, to say the least. Hi, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Yes, you're right. It has been like probably the busiest uh, few weeks I've ever had. <laughs> a bit nonstop the last few weeks? <laughs> yeah, nonstop. It's just dealing with like, various parties and stakeholders and also, of course, uh, coming up with like, you know, the best way for our refund mechanics. So thank you for taking the time. I know you have a really busy schedule right now. Obviously, you are well aware of the, let's call it negativity that has come out towards the refund mechanism. I think some people thinking that it's mandatory or that they have to do it. That seems to be a bit of a vibe we're getting here. Could you briefly explain to us the refund mechanism? Right. So to be honest, there have been uh, mixed responses. As you say, Yeah, there have been some negative responses. There have also been, like, you know, to be honest, outpouring of support as well. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah, from uh, local artists, ticket holders as well, and partners. But yeah, to just clarify, I think some of the backlash are from people who mistakenly think that we are forcing them to, to make a donation or, like, you know, to defer their refund, uh, which is, just to be clear, uh, we're not forcing anyone. So we, we've actually come up with a system where we are offering the ticket holder four options. So your first option is to, if you want to just receive a partial refund. So for example, if you want to donate part of your refund to Good Vibes Festival, you can. So that's one option. Another option is for you to defer your refund. So you can use your ticket for Good Vibes Festival next year or even 2025. And you also get a 100 ringgit beverage voucher. The other option is... If you really just, you don't want your refund at all, you don't even want a ticket for next year, you just want to donate everything to Good Vibes, you can. And also, last option is you can choose to, you know, get a refund of your ticket. So you don't donate anything at all. So it's a few options. We are not forcing anyone, of course, and anyone who wants, you know, just a straight up refund, you are welcome to ask for it. So you've got basically a staggered approach here. Yeah. Those who are diehard fans have the ability to support you if they so choose to. Uh, those who want their money back can get their money back. I think there's a question about whether companies should be asking for support from their customers, right? About whether they should be asking for, quote unquote, donations towards the, mm-hmm. the business, with some saying that this is a form of corporate welfare. I think we should also differ between the sizes of the companies we're talking about. How do you yeah. respond to those kind of criticisms, right? That businesses shouldn't be asking right. for monetary support like this. I think some people also um, mistakenly assume that, you know, we might be like some large corporation. Or mm. like, you know, we, we are not like some large multinational corporation. In fact, like, you know, we have a small office in PJ. We have like less than 15 people on our staff. <laughs> so, you know, we've been doing this for, you know, Future Sun Asia has been around for 20 years. We've been doing good vibes for 10 years. We have never ever 
asked uh, anyone, you know, to contribute part of the refund. Or anything. We, we've never asked for contributions, basically. So I think this just uh, underlines the severity of how we were hit financially by this cancellation. And again, we, we are not forcing anyone to, to contribute, you know. In fact, we only thought about this because when the cancellation happened, actually, we, we received an outpouring of support from, you know, various people, various parties, even ticket holders, fans, artists, partners. Some even volunteered, asked, like, you know, what can we do to help? So we want to open up that avenue for people who want to help. So it's in response also to customer feedback. Some people were asking for ways to support you. Yes, that's right. Now, you mentioned the financial repercussions. I'd like to dive into that a little bit because sure. there may be a little bit of an underestimating in terms of how big this is, right, for your company. For your company. Right. Um, talk to us, elaborate a little bit about the financial repercussions that mm-hmm. happened from the cancellation and how that impacts you as a business. Um. That's okay, a long side uh, right there. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, don't to, I don't want to be like so, you know, too dramatic or anything, mm-hmm. but the financial implications are, you know, I think you would you could call it, you know, pretty catastrophic. So a lot of money going out basically and zero money coming in. So, you know, when a festival like this is cancelled, you know, we still have to pay, for example, all the uh, international artists have already been paid in full. You know, we have to pay things like venue rental, uh, we have to pay uh, our suppliers, also sponsorship, any sponsorship that we get. You know, we now cannot claim the, the full sponsorship amount, obviously, because, you know, the, the days that were cancelled. So all this factors into our final bottom line. And in addition to that, of course, that we are refunding ticket holders. Yeah, so there is a lot going on here. And um, not to be overly dramatic, there could be a question over the existence of Future Sound Asia, or at least the ability to continue over the longer term. Uh, but that's not something we're going to dive too much today. We'll leave that for another episode of Open for Business later on. Now, historically, Alman, there have been other cancellations in the past. You know, I think if I look back, was it in 2013 or 2012? I was supposed to go for Future Music. 2014, I think. 2014. Yeah. And that was a big thing at the time, right? Yeah. That cancellation. So how did that inform the way you guys have been doing crisis or at least have been trying to plan for these kind of things, right? Because unfortunately, there have been event cancellations like this off and on over the last few years. So I'm pretty sure it needs to be part of the way you think Mm -hmm. as a business. So tell us a little bit about your crisis management. Again, just to be clear, um, the event that was can- the festival that was cancelled in 2014 was Future Music Festival Asia, which is FMFA, uh, yeah. FMFA uh, which is uh, not our event, so it's a completely separate entity. Because some people do get confused because you know there's the word future in that festival, and we're from Future Sound Asia. So uh, yeah, so um, Future Music Festival was an Australian brand. Um, mm-hmm. They were cancelled in 2014, but I would say the circumstances are very different to um, our cancellation. And um, it's true that there have been um, event cancellations here and there, but like cancellations of this magnitude, like festival cancellations, I can only think of uh, Future Music Festival in 2014 and uh, yeah, Good Vibes recently. So I think it's it's not something that I would I wouldn't say it's a common thing. And um, I would say what happened to us was an isolated incident. It has never happened before to uh, Good Vibes as never happened to any other festival that the particular uh, circumstances that led to that cancellation. So what happened at Future Music Festival, I would say because it's uh, under a different set of circumstances, it didn't particularly inform um, how we manage this kind, uh, of, crisis this, this kind of crisis. But just just as what you say, like, you know, uh, how crucial is the, the crisis management? Of course, it's like very, very crucial. I think it's very important to have a good team 
uh, a good PR and communications team is uh, crucial. Give a shout out to Commerce PR who does our PR and comms. Um, they were um, extraordinary during uh, what happened. Um, I think it's, it's very important to be able to communicate everything clearly to stakeholders, to ticket holders, and then also to navigate various authorities, ministries. And also you have to have a good team, operations team, of course, the Future Sound Asia team. Uh, I think everyone has done an amazing job. I think what a lot of people probably also don't know is that when, when an event is cancelled, it doesn't mean we stop work. <laughs> so we had to continue working throughout the cancellation. You know, we still have to go to site every day. The dismantling of the festival, we still had to coordinate all the international artists who are still flying in, flying out. I have to coordinate that in addition to dealing with all the various sponsors, partners, suppliers uh, about the cancellation and then thinking of, you know, ticket holders, how to make it up to them, the refund mechanics. Yes, a whole lot of things to clean up, basically. So I might argue it's more yeah. busy after the event than before. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Alman, with the recent cancellation of Good, Lo- of the Good Vibes Festival, this has drawn comparisons to other events that have faced similar challenges in the past. Some of it we've just dived into, not just here. Mm-hmm. What lessons has Future Sound learned from this and how will this inform the way you do crisis management going forward? Or at least how you do event management going forward? I think um, one of the steps that we're taking is to work more cohesively and uh, more closely with authorities and like you know um, the, the various ministries, uh, relevant ministries. Um, we've actually also uh, been talking to them, and you know I think despite what happened, all parties involved are looking forward to move forward from this, mm. uh, working together to move forward. You know, there's been discussions on fine-tuning and improving like the current framework regarding foreign performing artists in Malaysia. So yeah, I think one of the key steps that we need to take moving forward and also to gain the trust of ticket holders and the public is to show like a, um, a united front to the public that, you know, we are working together with the government, with the authorities, you know, to make sure like events like this uh, can still go on. So I guess the big question is whether Good Vibes still has a future, which is something we'll dive into after these messages. Folks, I've been speaking with Juan Amal, Director of Entertainment at Future Sound Asia, and you've been listening to Enterprise Biz Bites. I'm Roshan Kanison. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Being first matters. BFM 89.9. Hey folks, welcome back to Enterprise Biz Bites. I'm Roshan Kanison, and today we're talking about Future Sound Asia and the announcement of a refund mechanism for ticket holders for the cancellation of the 2023 Good Vibes Festival last month. Earlier on, we talked about the mechanics of the refund mechanism, as well as some of the feedback that Future Sound has gotten. And I did end the last part, Alman, by talking about whether Good Vibes has a future. So... Does Good Vibes Music Festival have a future or does it need to pivot as a concept? We fully intend to run Good Vibes Festival again. I think, you know, we've built the brand over 10 years. It took us a lot of uh, hard work to get to where we are now. And, you know, uh, we're not about to like throw that uh, all away. Future Sound Asia as a company uh, has been around for uh, more than 20 years. So we've experienced our fair share of ups and downs and we're still here. So... uh, (laughs) If you ask me, yes, we fully intend to continue Good Vibes Festival. So with the hashtag SaveGVF campaign and the public response that we've seen online, how does Future Sound Asia plan to engage with the audience, with the customer base to ensure that people come back, one, and also that there's this element of trust, you know, to keep that trust going forward? Right. So as I mentioned uh, earlier as well, I think like a key element of the trust is to show that we are working in concert with you know the powers that be, the various authorities and ministries, because 
any like uh, cancellations or anything would be done by them. So to gain uh, everyone's trust, we want to work closer with basically like, you know, government agencies, ministries, um, which we have done before. So I think like, you know, previous editions of the Good, uh, of Good Vibes Festival have been endorsed by History of Tourism and Culture, for example. So I think those kinds of endorsements and, uh, you know, just to show like United Front that we're here, we still want to do this. Uh, we're working with like, you know, uh, the authorities to make sure that this happens. I would like to think that, you know, we've uh, built some trust and goodwill over the years, considering that this is just one incident uh, mm-hmm. out of 10 years. And I really do think that it's an isolated incident. So another thing uh, that we've done, which I'm sure many people are aware of, is that we've started taking our legal action against the 1975 for the, um, basically, it's a breach of contract. So I think this this shows that, you know, we are serious in... Um, making sure that artists are aware that, you know, if you come to Malaysia and you don't follow the regulations, um, there will be consequences. And, you know, from our conversations with other artist managements and booking agents, they have mentioned that, yes, you know, um, artists are aware and, you know, the artists that come here, generally, you know, they, they don't, like, you know, go against these regulations. But now, like, you know, they'll just be, like, more vigilant. Um, because we also want to show them that, you know, we're serious, you know, don't mess around. You come here, you, you break these regulations, you know, we will take legal action. Yeah, you know, because sometimes I wonder, you know, would they have done this in another country, you know, mm-hmm. because whatever it is, whether you agree or disagree with the laws of the land, mm-hmm. you could have not entered the country and pre- agreed to perform, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, good to hear that you're taking action there. I wish you all the best with that. And uh, I know you can't get into the de- mm-hmm. details, of course, of an ongoing case, uh, but maybe you can tell us a little bit about the conversations with other artists, right? Like, mm-hmm. So you were mentioning a little bit about you've engaged with them. Mm-hmm. What's the general sentiment like following Good Vibes? Um, you were mentioning that they also were trying to support you as well. What's the sentiment in terms of not just Good Vibes, but the general uh, entertainment scene? I mean, to be honest, um, I haven't really had like, you know, deep conversations mm-hmm. like um, because you've been busy, busy, busy <laughs> with but, but of course we have been talking to like, because there have been, there, there are so many international uh, artists who are supposed to perform at Good Vibes, right? So, you know, we've been talking to all those, um, to their management, to, to the booking agents um, and also just briefly, I was asking them, you know, what's the general sentiment? And they were saying that, you know, all the artists, they, they do understand, you know, they think that what happened was, it, it shouldn't have happened. What they say is that, um, as for now, like you know, it, it, it's not affecting any artist from like wanting to perform here, because it's it's always been uh, the rule anyway. So they are well aware anyway. So the hashtag Save GVF campaign has been online, of course, garnered, garnered some attention there. Uh, what's the engagement been like from the customer base, from the user base? Because uh, I mentioned earlier, yes, there's been a lot of, uh, there has been not a lot, there's been some negativity mm-hmm. and vilification there. But sometimes we pay attention to the negativity more than we do the positivity. So maybe give us the, the other side of this coin here. What kind of support have you been getting? Any uh, uh, engagement from okay. the social media? Right, so yeah, I think like uh, negative reactions uh, get, get, more get, more, get more attention, <laughs> get more eyeballs, and like generally, people who are happy or satisfied, they don't really leave comments. But yeah, to be honest, uh, like I mentioned, it was a mixed uh, reaction. Of course, yeah, we do have like some negative feedback, but from uh, local artists, a lot of them have been very supportive. We've done this for so long, so we have like long-standing relationships with like local artists, brands, partners, food vendors. Some of the food vendors have been coming into good vibes and also our other events, um, you know, constantly. So uh, a lot of them have shown support. Some local artists have also very generously um, mentioned to us that, you know, they will just waive their fee for the ones who have performed. 
for food vendors, we offer the same kind of uh, refund mechanism, whether you want a refund on your booth rental or if you want to contribute some or, you know, uh, defer to next for, year. Uh, next year. Uh, a lot of them also have been very supportive with some, like, you know, deferring the rental. And also, uh, we have actually received uh, some messages from people who did not buy tickets but are asking how they can contribute. So, I mean, we are very, very, very grateful for anyone that, um, you know, wants to help. Of course, you know, any any bit of help uh, is greatly appreciated. And I think um, in spite of, you know, what you can see, I think the good does outweigh the bad. Yeah, I I believe in good vibes community, the the local music community. That you know, I believe that they will uh, rally around and come to support uh, this festival. If uh, you mentioned that you've had uh, re- people reaching out that weren't uh, customers, hadn't bought tickets yet, mm-hmm. is there a mechanism for people who want to support uh, who aren't necessarily ticket holders? To be honest, we really didn't think about that because we really didn't expect anyone to want to contribute even if they didn't buy tickets. But yeah, we 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 might be looking into that. Yeah, uh, I guess pay attention to your social media feeds if uh, any of that yeah. comes up. Let's wrap up on this one then. Um, given the challenges faced this year so far, the very busy few weeks that you've had, uh, give us a sense of what Future Sound Asia's plans uh, and future for Good Vibes Festival is going to look like in the coming years. If you've given any thought to that, and if there are any new strategies or initiatives that uh, you are looking to put in place to see the festival continue to be a success. Well, you know, there was that statement by, I think it was the political secretary of one of the ministers in Sabah asking us to move Good Vibes Festival <laughs> to Sabah. You know? So, I mean, yeah, I mean, okay, to be honest, um, you know, we haven't thought about it in like too much detail yet as we're still dealing with the fallout from what happened. But, you know, we have been exploring, you know, how we can move forward with this and how to protect ourselves and also ticket holders as well, you know, from uh, situations like this. Um, we've been approached by actually some, uh, um, I would say, like insurance providers as well. Ah. Um, you know, we're looking into that, like maybe taking out insurance for us or ticket holders as well, you know, in case, um, you know, any cancellations happen. Um, actually, a lot of people have asked, like, you know, do we not have insurance uh, for this kind of thing? Which, short answer, no. We have looked at options in the past, but either most of those options are from overseas. Uh, in Malaysia, they, they don't really have uh, that kind of insurance for this type of uh, festival cancellation. Yeah, so we are looking at other strategies as well, which unfortunately I can't really uh, delve too much in into the details yet. But as I said, we, we fully intend to keep running the festival. Um, we've been here for 10 years. Future Sound Asia itself has been here for more like, you know, more than 20 years. So I, I hope people know that we are not like some fly-by-night company. We've been through so much. The pandemic, you know, ups and downs, everything. We're still here. We are... So grateful to everyone uh, that, you know, to all the people that continue to support us and uh, trust us. And uh, we hope that you continue to do so. And we hope that, you know, we can keep on delivering uh, events and festivals to you. Aman, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you coming in to talk to us. Thank you so much. Folks, I was speaking with Juan Alman. He's the Director of Entertainment at Future Sound Asia. And if you missed any part of this conversation, you can catch the podcast on our website at bfm.my or download the BFM app. You can also find our shows on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and other podcast players. Just look up Enterprise BizBytes. Looking ahead, we've got the Breakfast Grill replay happening after the 1pm news bulletin. So Slovenia has been a trading partner with Malaysia for a decade now with increasing imports and exports over the years. Marco Ham, the ambassador 
ambassador of Slovenia shares with us his views on bilateral trade and what the future holds for relations with Malaysia. That's happening after the 1pm news bulletin. I'm Roshan Karnison. You've been listening to Enterprise BizBytes. Keep you here to BFM 89.9, the business station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.